are now listening to PursuitCast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. Welcome everybody to another episode of Pursuit Cast. Uh, today we have a, a very special guest. We're extremely honored to have uh, just someone who's just been so faithful and, and, and a tremendous blessing and example to many. Uh, we have him uh, this evening via FaceTime, uh, Pastor Jay Park from GCC. Hey, Pastor Jay, how are you? Hey, hi, how you doing? Thank you so much for this invitation. Yeah, thank you for taking time and just hanging out with us and, and spending time with us here. Um, if you could go ahead and, and just share a little bit about you uh, for those who are listening. Yeah, uh, well, my name is Jay Park, and um, I uh, minister, I'm the lead pastor at uh, Grace Community Chapel in New Jersey. And, um, you know, we have been doing church uh, for 10 years uh, in South Brunswick area. That's when it was originally planted. And then we have two more sites uh, in Bergen. So altogether three sites now. And uh, it's been 10 years already, yeah. Amazing. Congratulations on your 10 years, uh, just serving the region so faithfully. Uh, could you share a little bit about how God first called you into ministry? Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't know if there was a specific moment, but as for me, I mean, our whole household was paganistic. You know, my parents never mm-hmm. went to church. <laughs> uh, I, I, I just uh, lived, you know, uh, for the moment, uh, for fun and uh, pleasure. Uh, so we were just uh, uh, living, you know, a moment by moment, day by day. And then uh, my mom, uh, because of her sickness, she was introduced to church and she uh, converted kind of radically. Wow. And then um, she kept, you know, pursuing me after she, you know, tasted the goodness of the Lord. And uh, I don't know why I was targeted, you know, out of all the family mm-hmm. members, but... Uh, long story short, I was in the tractor church, went to my first retreat as just a driver, you know, helping out with the youth. And then uh, the five-day retreat, uh, on that day, uh, I met the Lord. You know, it was uh, a crazy experience. Uh, I remember just uh, being just captured for four days in the mountain. And after like nine or ten sermons, Last night, you know, like Nicodemus, mm-hmm. I was, I wasn't converted, but I was telling myself, of all the things that this pastor is saying is true, I am screwed. You know, that's, I remember <laughs> thinking that. So that night, I actually knocked on the pastor's room. Mm-hmm. And I just frankly asked him, you know, I, I've never heard such thing. And if everything you said here is true, I'm really screwed. You know, what do I do? I remember, you know talking to him like all night about this and then came to my room, slept and um, retreat was ending. It was the last day. And on that day, it was supposed to be like a 10 minute short closing service to go home. Mm-hmm. And the spirit of God just rocked, rocked that room. Just 
uh, we closed, I remember just closing my eyes to pray and when I repented and cried and opened my eyes, three hours had passed. Amazing. And it wasn't just me, it was like hundreds of the, like all together, I think 80 or 70 students, they were all just praying for that long and, um, uh, you know, sky looked different, mm-hmm. sun looked different. I mean, I was walking on clouds, really. I've never experienced such thing, you know. I instantly, uh, Spirit of God touched me that day. I knew that I was a sinner. I knew that I was, uh, Jesus Christ was my Savior. I knew that there was a heaven. And so I accepted, uh, you know, uh, Jesus Christ as my Savior. And uh, uh, for me, calling really happened, I think, at the moment of conversion, really, because uh, it's not like I had anything going for me, you know, in this life. Uh, I wasn't so studious, so I, I, you know, school wasn't off. I was going to school just to satisfy my parents, and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't even a good school, you know. But as upon converting, I remember I didn't want to do anything. I was telling myself, like, a month into this Christianity, I was just telling myself, from this moment on, I don't want to do anything to do with. I don't want to live my life, you know, without Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I want everything from this moment on to have relevance for Jesus, you know, towards Jesus, with Jesus. So I remember, like, um, going to church, like, Monday through Sunday, every day. Yeah. I didn't know church closed on Mondays, you know? <laughs> so one time I went to go pray, and Monday I climbed the wall to go into the church. I didn't know they locked the doors on Monday, so I just... I remember climbing the wall of the church and uh, went in and I snuck in and prayed and uh, I just didn't want to go anywhere. I just wanted to be in God's presence. And one thing led to another. You know, I, I, I uh, came came down with a sickness. Uh, I, I stopped going to school. You know, uh, um, I was attending CUNY College at the time. I stopped going to school and um, that's when you know God's calling began. And, because I was serving at church so much, everybody kept telling me, you should be a pastor, you know, mm-hmm. you should do something. And it just, one thing led to another, and um, I remember just transferring out of uh, CUNY College and uh, registered for uh, in a Bible college and then went to Westminster Seminary. And, and uh, so it wasn't a one defining moment, but immediately after coming to know Christ, yeah. it was so good. I, I didn't want to do anything you know, away from it. That's amazing. It, I would it, say that that's my calling. Yeah, yeah it, it seems, seems like, like there was just a an encounter and then just a re reorientation of your yeah, life towards everything about Christ. So most definitely, yeah. amazing. Uh, you shared uh, a little bit ago that your church just celebrated ten years. Uh, yeah. Could you uh, kind of share the story of how uh, you first started church planning? Yeah, that. I mean, nothing in my life is really planned. <laughs> you know, there's some people are planners. I'm, I'm not one of them, you know. I, uh, uh, I actually wanted to be a youth pastor all my life if, uh, if, I, if I had it my way. But in a Korean-American immigrant church setting, that, that wasn't possible. Uh, there was no church that recognized, you know, full-time youth minister as a lifer, you know. Mm-hmm. I was always a stepping stone, and and I was I was I was 14 years into youth ministry, so I was doing fine. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
from my mom to people around me to just kept asking, you know, you're going to do that for life, you know, you're going to have to move on, you know, so they kept pressuring me and, and but I, I persisted, you know, I, I was there, but then one day um, I came across uh, an article from, I think, Christianity Today, it's by Helen Lee uh, on Silent Exodus. And I personally was experiencing this after 14 years of youth ministry. Because all the kids I, you know, graduated uh, ends up going to college, and many of them leave the church or you know end up not going to church. So I was very heartbroken about you know some of these kids I invested my life into. And then uh, I came across that article, you know, and it was talking about. The seriousness of you know like um, silent exodus and especially you know Asian Americans just uh, after you know um, controlling parents leaving you know home and uh-huh. not not going to church. So I was really convicted and I was really praying one day at an early morning prayer at the Korean church and I was praying God I mean what do we what do we do about this you know and basically I thought I heard a voice you know. Uh-huh. God says, why don't you play in a church if you're that desperate, you know? Yeah. Why don't you do something about it? But I said, I don't, I don't know how to play in a church. I don't know. And I've never done anything with you know, adults or young adults. Or it's, I've, I've done you know, ministry with youth all my life, you know? Mm-hmm. But my conviction was uh, for, the, for the students were, you know, uh, strong and uh, I was really heartbroken and uh, I just enrolled myself in a church planting, uh, you know, uh, assessment center mm-hmm. at a Christian Reformed Church. And I went through it. They, they gave me, you know, encouragement and uh, high marks. So that was the beginning of the, you know, the, the church plant. I, I just started right after that. Amazing. I mean, thank you for saying yes to God. And, yeah. and, and we can celebrate his faithfulness to to your church. Uh, what's the story behind GCC and the name and, and just your heart and vision as a church? Hmm. I mean, how do we live without grace, you know? So, I mean, I don't know if there was much thinking, you know, <laughs> involved there. I just said, you know, I mean, I, we live by grace alone, you know? So, um, and I've experienced that grace, you know, we can't live without that grace. So, uh, we are all undeserving sinners, and, and so I um, I really wanted to highlight the word grace. Uh, and a couple of our you know uh, founding members got together. We we prayed. We were um, asking you know uh, what the name was going to be. And I didn't want to use the word church at the time mm-hmm. because you know I mean even today the church is. Getting such a bad rap, right? Yeah, I just bad you know, with it, and stuff yeah, like and that. also a Korean church in general. Uh, uh, not all of them, and I, I, I can't generalize, but in some churches, especially the first gen churches, I think they, they really have a, a misconception of uh, you know what church is, or even uh, bad theology, church yeah. doctrine, doctrine of church. Uh, they almost treat it like a temple, and, and, and also, like, first head pastors are considered to be like the Old Testament priests, you know? Mm-hmm. And their work is very highly valued. Uh, 
almost like uh, too much segregation with the you know lay people and and um, sometimes authority is abused in that manner. And so you know all this uh, misunderstanding of the church and the church you know receiving bad rap. And so I didn't want to use the word church. Mm-hmm. So I believe in the church, you know. Yeah. So I just um, we named the chapel. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, 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 want, I wanted to kind of emphasize that church is not about a building, you know, or, or, or a nice big facility. Uh, in the New Testament, if you read, you know, uh, uh, there's not a localized church. They met at a temporary courts. Mm-hmm. They met at houses, you know. We are the church. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to kind of highlight that, you know. And so... Uh, in the middle, I put the community there because one of our church vision is to restore that, uh, you know, the original biblical community in the Book of Acts. Mm-hmm. I really want like a tight community, you know, deep fellowship uh, in the Word of God, and and so that's why we named the Grace Community Chapel. Um, as as you've uh, been in ministry for quite some time with youth and and being a lead pastor, church planner, and all these different things. Uh, what has helped you stay passionate in ministry? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> stay passionate with ministry. You know, um, because we are all sinful, mm-hmm. I think initially, especially in my immaturity, I mean, I, I, I stayed in it because people kept saying good things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, I, I was never recognized. Um, I wasn't really excellent in anything that I did, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. I just, like I told you, my, my goal in life was just to have fun and, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, pleasure-seeking. And uh, I found something so precious, you know, so meaningful. Uh, and... It has an eternal purpose, you know, highest calling of any kind. Mm-hmm. So that in itself gave me uh, tremendous, you know, zeal and uh, focus and purpose. Because back in the day, without 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 Christ, I mean, I really didn't have hope, you know, or, or purpose. But Christ has given me that. And also, like like I said, initially it was just, you know, I mean, who doesn't like praise, you know? Mm-hmm. So I mean, I was just very self-seeking and serving. Uh, so people said, you know, good things. But even in my immaturity, I think God used that to kind of get me deeply involved in ministry. Mm-hmm. And as I was growing, you know, uh, getting introduced to the gospel deeply, and as I meditated upon the gospel, I was becoming a little more free of, of you know, of that kind of a motivation. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't obeying to be accepted by God. I realized that I am already accepted. You know. Mm-hmm. So I, I do these things with joy and pleasure, not, not, not so that, you know, I, I'd be accepted. I, I wouldn't, you know, work, work uh, on these things out of anxiety, you know. So the gospel was, you know, continually just freeing me up. And um, I really um, think that uh, nowadays uh, what keeps me passionate is really uh, just joy of serving, and, uh, you know, one day, I, you know, to see my Savior face to face, I, I want to please Him. Uh, 
you know, when when you are, when you are loved so much, you know, especially by your wife. I mean, I don't do, do anything for her uh, because I want to get something out of her. It's mm. Just uh, to put a smile on her face, you know, makes you happy. Yeah. So I think slowly and eventually I, I am realizing uh, his uh, steadfast love for me, and um, uh, I think I, 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 you know, I am able to stay passionate and focused because uh, I am now, uh, you know, loving him for who he is, and I really want to put a smile on his face. You know, I want to make him proud and. Um, those those are the motivations that keeps me, you know, passionate. I think that's so good. Thank you so much for just sharing, um, just so honestly about your own journey and and how God matures us and and can use you know um, motivation the wrong thing and eventually make it more like Christ. Thank oh, you for yeah. sharing I mean, that. You know, even as pastors, it's so easy. I mean, we. We do a lot of things to, you know, uh, mm-hmm. to be accepted and to to fill those deep longings that are that are selfish. Yeah, for sure. But that's why I think we, we, we have to revisit the gospel again and again and again mm-hmm. and understand that we don't do this. We don't obey to be accepted. We are already accepted, you know. Yeah. So we do it out of joy for him. Yeah. I mean, that's the paradigm shift yeah. that God leads us through. Yeah. Um, as you share, as you've been sharing about your journey and God, and God maturing you and growing you as a leader and and just as a, as a Christian, um, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started ministry? Yeah, when I when I when I uh, got that email, you know that question that was um, I thought about that and. Um, You know, when I was younger, mm-hmm. I remember saying, oh, if I knew that I was going to become a pastor, I should have studied harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I should have really read more books and studied harder and things like that. Mm-hmm. But then if I did that, right, I would not be as street savvy or, you know, uh, more relational. Mm-hmm. Some of these other strengths that I may possess, May have been happening. Mm. Not that not that everybody that studies, you know, it's not good with relationships. Yeah. As for me, as for me, you get what mm-hmm. I'm saying. So nowadays, I mean, my advice is really don't compare. That's good. And sometimes, like you know, we can be so short-sighted and we we don't know what we are really asked. Oh, I wish I knew this, you know, when I was younger. But then we trust in God's sovereignty. Mm. And God knows exactly what he's doing, you know? Mm-hmm. When I was playing basketball, you know, uh, in college, I didn't know that I was going to use this for ministry. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, you know, that, that's what God did during youth ministry, you know? Uh, so, uh, my, I, I don't regret or even look back yeah. uh, in the past about what could have, would have, really. I just know and trust that God knows what he's doing. And what I am is what I am. Mm-hmm. And so if I lack something, uh, and if I could, let's say, wish that I could go back and, you know, like change things, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sure something else would be compromised, you know? Yeah. So I'm just satisfied with me 
as I am by the grace of God, you know. Mm -hmm. And I don't envy or compare, nor do I wish to change anything. I just, I'm just going to do me and, you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, I know that he loves me as I am. And, and um, really, I am what I am by the grace of God. And I just want to, you know, uh, encourage everybody to just be themselves, you know, mm -hmm. and um, I really can help you with, you know, that question. I just, yeah, I, I mean, I feel like. Even in what you're saying, there's just so much wisdom. You know, I think um, oftentimes, especially today with social media and, and the internet, it's so easy to see, you know, other people and, and their highlights. It's even in ministry, and say, "Oh, I wish I was like them," or maybe I'm I'm not doing something, uh, so that's why I'm not seeing this type of fruit. But just like you're saying, just not to compare, but just to run your race, to be faithful to your design and your calling and and even if there's lack i mean that's why you know we need one another you know that your strength helps me in my weakness and vice versa so i think even in your journey it's just uh, it is freedom to not compare and, and just running your own race yeah and and, and with that um as a lot of young leaders listen into this podcast um, what wisdom would you share with those who are listening, who are in ministry or who feel called uh, in ministry as well? Yeah, I think, um, you know, Christian leaders are different than some secular leaders. And there's so many wisdom or, or books about leadership these days, mm -hmm. you know. And I think, you know, like secular leadership or Christian leadership, there's so much things on leadership that, they're kind of intertwined, and some some of them I, I think is unbiblical, you know. Mm -hmm. So if I were to just kind of narrow this down and you know have an advice for I guess Christian leaders or, or, or pastoral leaders, you know, mm -hmm. uh, would be that um, I mean as for me, this this is actually advice for me too. Yeah, that is just keep meditating on the gospel. I think this generation of leaders, we, we don't know how to meditate, you know. We like to just uh, get, get our, you know, uh, tidbits and um, unsaturated processed uh, information through the internet. Yeah. And we don't even remember what we preached last week because it was just kind of, you know, uh, scanned quickly and it wasn't really deeply meditated, you know. Mm -hmm. When Bible says Jesus, the Word of God became incarnate, you know. Yeah. Became flesh. That means like, you know, 66 books of the Word of God was walking on earth, and that was Jesus. You know, mm. like every word He said was just part of His flesh. He was living. If you ask me, how many Word of God is incarnated in Jay Park? You know, mm -hmm. I don't know. Ten verses. <laughs> mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So I think my advice to like you know young Christian leaders is to really just. Keep revisiting the gospel because you think you know the gospel. But I, you know, even for me, after like 20 some odd years, uh, you know, of walking with the Lord, I mean, this new discovery every day. Yeah. And um, sometimes I really don't think I, I know the gospel if I look at my behaviors mm -hmm. or the way, you know, ways in which I think about stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. So I just really encourage that the Christian leaders to meditate on the gospel and just. Keep delving into this, you know. Look, yeah. I mean, look at Apostle Paul. 
But this guy, I mean, who, who should know the gospel better than him? Yeah. But he says towards the end of his, you know, life in, in his, you know, like uh, uh, prison epistles. I mean, he says, I want to know God's love. How deep, how wide, mm. how long. It's the love of Jesus Christ. Like he doesn't know the love of Jesus Christ. I mean, what's this guy talking about, you know? <laughs> yeah. It just goes to tell you, he's like, I've meditated on it. I went deep into it, but it's not enough. Mm. And I keep discovering new things. Yeah. You know, I want to know more and understand more about the depths of, you know, his love for me. So I think, uh, you know, that's, that's my one advice for them. Yeah, a lot of lot of, lot of young, young 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 leaders, you know, they like if you look at the Galatians, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the the legalists, you know, they were Christian. These guys were what well, they believed in Jesus. It's not so when we look at Galatians and when we talk about like you know uh, these legalists, people think you know uh, these are legalists like the Jews of today, like they didn't believe in Jesus, but no, they believed in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, problem is. Their order was all messed up. You know, like Paul was saying, believe in Jesus Christ. And at that moment, you are saved, already saved. And then you obey. Mm. But then the Judaizers were saying, believe in Jesus Christ. Keep the law as best as you can, Mm. and you will be saved. If both of them are obeying, but the order is just heaven and hell of a difference. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. One is obeying to be accepted. Another is obeying because he's already accepted. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just very different. And and uh, oftentimes I used to obey to be accepted, you know, by people, by him, and to earn favors and things like that, you know? But when you do that, I mean, I remember being very anxious even as a pastor, you know? Upset, bitter, you know? I'm using God to get stuff, you know, get to places. Whereas when you are being freed in the gospel, it's just joyous serving. Mm. Less entitlement, you know, things like that. So I just really, I mean, I, I cannot say this enough, but you just got to keep meditating, you know, uh, meditating on the gospel. And, and my second advice is, you, you know, young people today, we just don't pray. We're not this, like our first gen, you know. We need to pray, pray hard, and that's my two advice. You know, I wish I could say more, but I know this is podcast, and I just don't want to bore the audience. You know, so <laughs> nah, this is good. Really, pray, pray hard. You know, uh, and don't don't have allergic reaction to like you know like Korean style of praying. I mean, if it's out there, just do it. You know, like every arsenal. Fasting prayer, you know, mountain prayers. I mean, I, yeah. you do it, you know, and then, like, if you're if you're a soldier, right? And Marines, they, they train you in a suffocating room. They train you with the smoke. They they train you with pepper spray. When once you experience them, when you are actually thrown into these situations, you, you don't you don't panic, you know, and you 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 respond uh, with with that training. Likewise, if it's in the Bible. Don't say, oh, I don't like, you know, crying out prayer like Koreans. Or, mm-hmm. oh, I don't like to, you know, scream. Or, I don't like speaking in tongues. Just, if it's in the scripture, practice it. You know, yeah. throw away your preferences and, and, and 
do some shouting, you know, and do some meditating, do some quiet prayers, do whatever you got to do, and, and try what the Bible tried. And mm -hmm. and uh, you know, when you're thrown into a situation, you, you'll have more arsenal to, to you know, uh, you know, defend yourself or even attack them. Yeah, that's good. I, I I just love what you're saying about the gospel, um, and just applying it and and going deeper with it. And, and obviously prayer is one way we do that. And and the gospel is good news for for all time. And, and even eternity isn't long enough to to fully fathom God's love for us. So uh, we start today and, and every day and just going deeper and deeper. So yeah, amen. Um, and as we get ready to uh, just close out our time together here, um, Pursue NYC, this ministry, our heart is really to see um, God bring revival to a region. Um, not, mm -hmm. some, not hype, not events, not programs, not religion, not man-made anything, but uh, a God-sized move that only God can do himself. And, and heart is for revival. Uh, so how do you personally define revival? Yeah, that that's hard. I wish I don't, you know, answer that because I don't know if I'm, <laughs> you know, if I'm doing justice. But um, I mean, when you revive something, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I think it means like something was dead to something, and now the life is given. That's that's when you revive something, right? Yeah. And I think that's why the word is used. You know, we 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 were. Dead in our sins, but then gospel and the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ has brought, you know, revival, you know, uh, into our soul. Uh, and to me, uh, revival is the resurrection power of our Lord Jesus Christ, right, being applied. Mm -hmm in every aspects of our life, everything that was dead, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, though our status has changed by the faith in Christ Jesus, we still, you know, uh, wear this great clothes. You know, like uh, Nazareth, when, when Jesus called him out, he was revived, right? Yeah. He was revived into life, but then he was still wearing that, you know, that, that linen cloth. Yeah. Of his womb. And I remember Jesus saying, bring him out, and then take off his clothes, you know, the grave clothes. Mm -hmm. To me, uh, revival, like whenever, when I was first converted, whenever I heard of the word revival, the emphasis was always like great awakening or like big massive events and movements and things like that. But I think it's personal and corporate. Yeah. And it's not something that's one time, you know, but it's continuous in our own walk. And I really think that it needs to start with me, you know, like that song. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to start with that, with me first. And you spark that life, you know, uh, onto others. And when you have more people like that gathering, I mean, I, I think that that becomes a movement. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, as for me, it's, it's like the, the power of the gospel, the resurrection power being applied, right? Uh, in, in my dead ways and as that sackcloth comes off of Nazareth and, and is now, you know, uh, functioning and 
God's resurrection power, you know, is now moving his arms and thoughts and legs and, you know, uh, behaviors and actions. I think, uh, you know, for me personally, I mean, I go through, you know, uh, revival in my, in my own personal walk every time. And even at church, 10 years, you know, there were times of stagnancy, but God just, you know, brings about these revival and the, the people respond. And as they get together, certain cell groups come alive and, and you know, uh, and, and we go through this is lifelong just journey uh, of uh, applying the power of the gospel into uh, you know dead area and just making it come alive or, or redeeming those aspects you know continuously all throughout life. Yeah, that's good. I think what like you're saying it's it's a continuous revival and yeah. and the same spirit that that rose Christ from the dead it doesn't come to just convert us, to just regenerate us, but to continually uh, abide in us and to guide us, to lead us, to fill us, um, and then to just spill out of us from there. And it's that continuous revival um, that that we are wanting to see, not just a time period or just um, just an event or anything like that, but for people to walk out continuous revival. So... Amen. Well, thank you so much, Pastor Jay, for taking time and hanging out with thank us, you. Uh, being with us on this podcast, just sharing your wisdom and experiences and, and your own journey uh, in ministry and just walking with Jesus. Uh, how can people find out more information about you and your ministry? I don't know about me, but our church website is uh, org. Great. So that's our, our church website, you know, and uh, um, I mean, I do Facebook, J mm-hmm. Park, <laughs> yeah. you know, and uh, I um, I also do Instagram, you know, Pastor mm-hmm. J Park, but uh, that's funny. But, you know, my Instagram and uh, uh, Facebook, a lot of pastors use it wisely. Me, I just, it's just more <laughs> personal. You know, it's just yeah. more personal. It's I, a window just, into your life. Yeah, I just... Yeah. Yeah, I just like uh, promote church events and and then I, I sometimes, you know, uh, put put my personal pictures and things like that. So, <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> if you guys want to check out Pastor J, uh, we'll put all the links and, and GCC. Um, so everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and listening and we'll see you on the next podcast. God bless. Thank you for listening to PursuitCast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.